0: Between the hours of 11 at night and 8 in the morning, I ain't no poet. I'm a third shift worker. I'm a nine-digit punch coat. I'm another lost soul biding time at a suburban grocery store. But sometimes I feel it's worth feeling good about. The food for the neighborhood doesn't just appear on the shelf. It's put there by the sons of twilight. The time biders, The dropouts. The dreamers. The Hungry.
1: summer, made your mother worry, made your daddy mean, the smell of rain and rotting would remind me of her, rusted metal and gasoline, we were young, we made these rules, amongst the bugs and power tools, things will work out different in my mind, and we cared for no one else, we heard no counselor cry for help, kids lose their heads sometimes, they lose their head. Kids lose their heads sometimes. They lose their heads. They lose their heads. Kids lose their heads sometimes. Yeah. Crystal Lake still makes a good spot in the summer. Some never are growing old, and we're left with their remains. The smell of sweat burning would remind me of her. One lies beside me, but it's not the same. We were young, we made these rules amongst the bugs and power tools. Things will work out different in my mind. And we fear for no one else, we heard no counselor cry for help. Kids will lose their heads sometimes. They lose their heads! is lose there sometimes And bodies left to find But she's the one I compare to the women that I fumble through Kids will lose their heads sometimes They look at him They look at Yeah, kids will lose their heads sometimes
2: Welcome back to Live from the Dining Room. That was Coach and Commando with Satan, Rides a Cockroach. Kids lose their heads. Off their album, kids lose their heads. Which is, um, something that happens. Apparently. Coach Commando, great band, check them out. From the Central Jersey area. It's something you don't really hear, uh, in the suburbs. Uh, but it is, if you, if you go see Coach and Commando. Before that, was uh, a poem by today's guest, Mr. Damien Rucci. Welcome, sir. What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I didn't have your mic on. Oh, thank you for having me, man.
0: It's a pleasure to be here today.
2: Dude, it's good to have you. Um, I've been trying to get you in here for a while. I caught, yeah. you, I caught you a while ago at, um, at the uh, Poetry Palooza, uh, number two and number three, I believe you were part of. Yeah, yeah. And I was part of one of them. Uh, of course, we're talking about um, uh, Caroline Romanelli Presents, the Scarlet Pub Poetry Palooza, which is uh, in a good old New Brunswick, which is a good place to, to go up there and put your soapbox down. Yeah. And um, you're, you're a very strong speaker, and, and you got some stuff to say, and I figured we haven't had a poet in here, and what better time? Well, I'm
0: than... happy to break the poet virginity over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: good to have you man uh you are the uh founder of poetry in the port can you tell me about that
0: yeah uh man i don't know i've been writing my whole life you know um and i wanted to bring poetry into keyport that's where i grew up most of my life and uh back in the day no one would they kept telling me no one will come out to a poetry event in keyport it's a blue-collar town blue-collar people aren't into poetry i was totally it's like man, you know what you're talking about years later you know, my whole life changed. You know, I'll tell you about it. You know, in a little bit, I guess I got hit by a car, and uh, finally, one thing led to another, and the coffee shop, es- uh, Espresso Joe's, where we run it at, it's under new ownership, and they called me and they're like, "Hey, we heard your you want to do a poetry show, do a one off." So we did a one off, just called Poetry in the Port. Actually, no, I think the first one was called. Uh, it was a terrible title. I'm embarrassed. It was called The Poet's Mike. Okay, Poets Mike. <laughs> you know. uh... It was a little, so we threw it together and it was a good turnout. And then uh, after that, they said, Hey, would you want to do this every week? And I was like, You know, I I dig that. But we did it bi bi weekly. We've been going, uh, it'll be two years later this year. And man, we've been rocking. You know, uh, we've had the biggest show turnout that they've ever had there. Congratulations. You know, thank you. Thank you. It's cool, man, because these are all people who come out for poetry. And, you know, we do have a lot of poets from the uh, Jersey poetry scene come out. Uh, I get a lot of out of uh, state poets who come through as well. But also, we have a lot of just people yeah. who are like, what the hell is going on in there? There's 40 people, 50 people, 60 people stand up in this coffee shop. What are they doing? They come in, they go, oh, it's poetry. Because, you know, that's like the worst word you could say. People get turned off, run away, start yeah, screaming. It definitely has a stigma these days. It does. Like for rightful reasons, too. For rightful reasons. Of
2: course. Of course. I, I was always a firm believer. And it's funny you said they're like a, a blue-collar town or, or whatever. And nobody Nobody likes poetry there. It's like... Mm. No, there's no poetry for them. Right. Well, I mean, poetry, like if whether it's politics or religion, I mean, poets wrote that stuff. Yeah, they they wrote that, and uh, and of course, like some of the, um, not so much today. Now you have a lot of like really I call it soap I call them soapbox heroes oh, people yeah. that would if they could stomach the political system would would probably get into it but they it's more just expressive and, and saying what they got to say I don't
0: think they would get into it a lot of times I hate to say it. I think what happens is what's going on now <laughs> with poetry which is not even a bad thing you know the slam poetry route which is uh poetry slam is not something I'm really a part of I've been involved in putting together and uh, I've hosted quite a few uh, finals but uh, it's a contest to see who has the best poem. The thing is that every show there's randomized judges. Mm -hmm. So what happened is that Slam, which popped up in the 80s, (coughs) now uh, every couple years there's a new hot button issue that ranks well. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that everyone plays the game, they're all trying to win this contest. So you'll see for two years every single poem is about feminism. Which, you know, of course we poems about those topics.
2: You get anti-establishment People, that goes for a while. Get, and then you get whatever's the hot the hot item.
0: And it'll change. And you know what? I, I used to be really opposed to it. I was like, man, well, that's... That's the culture. That's so cookie cutter. You yeah. know, that's what I kept saying. And then then I, somebody told me, this guy named Chris Rockwell, he runs the Jersey Shore, slam down in uh, Tom's River. He was like, nah, man. You know, it's it's a game. You know? So, of course, people are going to want to... Who want to win are going to play that game. That's why I'm not a part of that. I've I've been at it a couple times to get some stage time, but I've never... Uh, I can't rock with that. You know, when I... When I write a poem, I don't say, "Huh, what's gonna what's gonna go well with what's going on now?" I just, you know, something will hit me, I'll get an idea, something will move me and I'll write a poem, you know? And I can't be I, Of course, you know, we all cater to the society we're in in certain regards, but I couldn't do that, you know, and, and feel honest.
2: Well, that'll shape it too. I mean, when I started playing music, uh, I didn't want to, and I think this is kind of along the same lines, I didn't want to learn what everybody else was playing. I didn't yeah. want to learn the chords because I felt like I was at, at that stage of my life, if I would have learned the chords, I would have never been able to forget them. Um, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of people that have told me that I had very original styles, they said, well, I didn't really, self-taught, of course, but they didn't really look into the musical theory and stuff like that, which is kind of the same idea yeah, yeah. with poetry. A lot of it's delivery. And I mean, po- a poem on on paper is one thing. Yes. Uh, the pentameter and the way, but there there is a there is a formula, just like music, just like speaking, just like uh, just anybody doing anything. There's a formula to it where you can keep people's attention and, and then almost almost lose it. And at that moment, you almost lose it is when you pull them right back in and totally. Ready. So, I mean, of course, the culture is going to seep into it. It has to. And yeah, yeah. For you yeah, yeah. to. For you to to not recognize it, it, you would kind of be shooting yourself in the foot because it's going to shape you. For anyway. sure, for
0: sure. You know, I actually got into a big uh, a big shitstorm. I could curse on here. That's of course, so cool. Yeah. Cool. got into a shitstorm on my uh, Facebook the other day because I said that all poets should be recording their poems and their sets when they do shows mm-hmm. to listen to it later. I heard Bill Burr, the comedian, talk about it on a podcast and I was like, yeah, that's up. a, lesson, <laughs> You know, I was like, man, I was like, I got to do it, you know? Uh, so I started doing it. Doing it for uh, you know a month or two now, and it's helped me tremendously. So I, I recommended that because what I was trying to stress in the post is writing the poem is the art form.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: One of it's it's its own little thing, right? There's so many poets who have never been on a microphone in their entire life, which is fine, cool. Okay. However, to me, if you want to get on a microphone and an audience is going to come out and spend their 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 time to watch you, even if it's 15 minutes, 10 minutes, you owe the audience a show. An entertaining experience. The problem is that poetry has lost that ambition to be entertaining, Mm -hmm. okay? And that's why uh, poetry after the 60s went right into academia, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Which there's some great poets from academia, you know, like Stephen Dunn and Tony Hoagland, and they're fantastic. But for every one of those, there's 100 people who are just copying the styles that they're reading in school. The safe ones. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is when they go to do shows – I'm sorry, readings, they call them, which is no different. It's just a fancy moniker. They'll, uh, they'll sit there and just mumble into the microphone. And uh, you know
2: they're not even drunk like Bukowski was. No, you know. At least you watched him drink three bottles of wine (laughs) and berate a bunch of people in the crowd. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I call them I call them uh, Bukowski seminars Uh because they're it's almost like the Socratic seminar where they're open to interpretation, but then he has that oh yeah the dictatorship of going no my no.
0: Well, you can't even say Bukowski (laughs) anymore in poetry. It's funny, right? Yeah, because uh, you know the you know it turned out the guy was. You know, he, he wrote about it in his poetry that he was a son of a bitch. Yeah, you long, know, and yeah. unfortunately he is. And, uh, but a little bit back to the thing is like, I think that when you're on a microphone in front of an audience, you need to get better constantly. You need to be engaging. And, um, you know, some people, uh, <laughs> You know what they'll they'll just do is they'll just you know project their voice if they want to do that and they'll they, they use the same fifteen hand gestures and and motions and voices that are on symbols button and sounds
2: symbols and sounds it's the formula I'm
0: yeah but me uh what I think that you know I've been doing is I've been trying to break away from that you know like I, I came up I was in a punk rock band when I was growing up you know so I came from a different like seeing a lot of these guys so. To me, a show means everything. You know, I want people to walk out of my my show like,
2: whoa. At least one of them.
0: At least one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wrong. I've had quite a few uh, bad experiences. Well, <laughs>
2: well, when you when you do stray from the formula, you're taking a big chance of, of, of maybe captivating or maybe getting the attention of 15 people as opposed to captivating five. Yeah, them. yeah. And um, it's it's a tough thing to do. But by by ignoring the the formulas. Uh, that's how subcultures are, are born. It's true, you know. So it's almost like people were so things like this started popping up again because everybody was so um, bored of the of the same kind of. Yeah. Everybody looks the same. Everybody's doing the same kind of yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. That they that they. they even bars wouldn't even have them in because you'd have the one guy who's so flamboyant and in your face and people are just like oh, I'm not they ready. Weren't ready I'm not that. ready for for thought for somebody else's thoughts right? yeah 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 I'm already there's this TV on there's this this on I'm just getting everybody's thoughts I'm watching the Giants <laughs> yeah, <right>. you know
0: <laughs> right. you know I, I've had that you know and the thing is that you got to know the rules before you break them mm. you know and uh you know' it's, it's all about taking chances I actually uh I went on tour in June after my book came out the former lives of saints. Is that what you got right yes, there? Yes, I do. So gonna, here you go. It's yours, Brody. <laughs> Um So I went on a little tour. I went through uh, Buffalo, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, that that book's actually a split with a Kansas City poet named Esno Martine. Awesome. But um, so I'm in Buffalo, and of course, you know how it works, man. We show up there, and there's a great turnout. You know, it's like 80 heads. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. Everything's going according to plan. Those things never go according to plan. No. So the PA system broke. Of course. Okay? Of course. Like, how else would that work? Right. So I was with this other poet, John Burroughs. He's a publisher from Cleveland. He's like, man, what are we going to do? Push the mic to the you side. You know, I said, don't Stand worry about bar. it. And, you know, he he's a loud guy himself. So he's like, he, we looked at one another. We're like, let's do it. So I just said, fuck it. I said, if I'm a swing, I'm a swing for the bleachers. So I just started going, and I'm walking up and down this bar. It's called the Alley Cat, you know? And I'm just talking, and I'm hollering, and I'm doing this. And, you know, I just got, I just got ridiculous. Uh, we did two sets. We had one. Uh, I opened up the first round. It did 15 minutes. Uh, he closed. We had a musician. And then he opened, and I did the last, like, 20. But I'm, I'm up there. When I'm going, I'm, like, taking. Like, people give me beers. I'm drinking people's beers from the bar. Mm-hmm. Just going and uh, actually... You know, uh, I had the whole bar on me and it felt great until the end. These group of frat dudes walked in, started being loud. And, you know, I, I'm, a, you know, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm a big guy. Uh, I say, ah, I can't let that happen. You know, you know, I can't let that happen. Yeah. So I, while uh, oh, I'm reading my poems, remember, there's no microphone. So I'm just walking around this place. I walk over to them. And I start just you know, I'm doing my I'm finishing I'm keep going, you know? And these guys are getting all mad, you know, and, and but their girlfriends have their phones out and they're Snapchatting me and taking selfies with me while I'm going. And I'm like, ba and I'll i I'll smack every single one of you and throw you out and everyone's cheering in the bar, you know? And uh, you know, that was <laughs> you know, that was risky because I was like, Man, the host is gonna get mad a little bit. But then I thought about it, I was like, Man, I, you know, getting kicked out of a poetry show it can't be it's not always a bad thing. oh no that wouldn't be bad but
2: <laughs> but to what you know to what extent are you willing to take your your power of your voice you know true so, true I mean if it's if it's to incite you know I, I'm sure you don't really incite too much violence <laughs> no, violence, no you I, know no.
0: I, I i try not to I, I'm trying to say uh, a good boy you know in the past grew up with a bunch of like you know just dudes you know like grow, growing up uh there's always something going on fist fights this and that and that I distanced myself from all that because I was like, man, I, I had this duality in my head. Yeah, well, I, I mean,
2: you're a bear. You'd probably swat them and knock <laughs> their head off.
0: Well, I, I have this struggle. I, Kids I, will
2: lose I, their heads when <laughs> Satan rides a cockroach. Oh, it's Sorry. a callback.
0: Uh, you know, I just always had this back. duality where it was like, you know, I'm an artist. I play music, do poetry, all this stuff. But then I was also with these group of dudes. And, you know, we weren't, we never victimized the soul, but we were the kind of guys who were like, oh, your boyfriend smacked you, mm. you know, and of course that's not. Now I, I, you know, I've I read a lot more into different things. And I, that was a different life, but you know, every now and then you just got to throw, throw it out there because you know. To me, you know, I've always said when I run my poetry in the poor, which can get wild sometimes. Never violent. Never had a violent occurrence ever. But uh, you know, just get over and bucks with this kid one time, stripped naked on stage once, while mm. on sound the microphone. Nice. So to me, I'm always like, man, what's the worst that could happen? The cops wanted to pull me out of the poetry. I'm like, you know what? That'd be one good time. Man. Wasn't yeah. your dick swaying? Yeah, it wasn't my dick swinging. I was just encouraging it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
2: there it is. See, that's the thing. Once you once you get a voice. You yeah, know, right. You know, then you, then you can decide what you just want. Just a
0: mischief, you, you know.
2: That's great, man. I um I always think that uh, there's not enough there's not enough poetry, even at like random shows. I I'm, I'm in a hardcore band and. Um, there was a there was a show I played in a uh, Boonton at Boontunes. It was for cool. uh, the Hell Mary. It was like Hell Mary's last show, or, or the Hell Mary came back and then an album release. I forget what it was, but it was a bunch of hardcore bands, and it's not like your old. It's not like the old hardcore scene where everybody's beating each other up and shit. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. just like oh, we're all everybody here's a dad or an uncle or a father and, and yeah, you know, or a full time touring musician, and they're just not into that shit. They just want to make music and, and make their voice heard. And some way it should be, man. One guy, man, he he went. He went off for like an hour before it said he just talked. He did a monologue, and there's not enough of that shit because it's you need it. I listen to Hardy White on WFMU. He does monologues. That's that's poetry. It's you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's not. It doesn't rhyme.
0: Well, but it's poetry. You, you know? know, that's that's a thing, you know. That's yeah. It's I'm thing. not saying poetry shouldn't rhyme. I'm just saying that that, that peaked in like 1921. You know, like <laughs> you know, like don't worry. wrong. I know some guys were fantastic. <laughs> Poet from Jersey City named John Burke, and, yeah. and this guy named Josh Fink. And I look at people cut that. the
2: syllables up, so like they'll say a word, and it's it's the lyricist license. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know. Yeah. You well, know, here's the thing: there's like such weird things. The problem is that, you know, back in the day, the poet was with the musician. Okay, the poet was with the king. Was with these different people. Uh, back in the day, you know, it's, it's historically, rocking the flute. This is Damian Rucci, back again. Uh, but, um, you know, it's kind of like now, man, I feel like <laughs> I feel like poetry just distanced out, man. And they kind of became there's so many poets are coming around that they're this like self-collective and they just reestablish these same norms of behavior, even if they're silly. You know, like uh, there's this belief now that you shouldn't speak between your poems. Just read the poems and get off the microphone. And that's completely ridiculous because some of the greatest times when you're going to a concert, you're going to go see your band and they tell this like anecdote about what the song's about. It's this crazy, funny story. Right. And those then, make those experiences. Well,
2: that's your segue. Where does this person begin and uh, this person end and their, their art begin? And you kind of want to leave that to the side as long as as long as your art form as long as you're not like Gigi Allen and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shoving stuff in your ass I
0: haven't thrown shit at anyone yet in the poetry right. I'm not I'm not discounting it from a possibility <laughs> but I'm just saying I haven't done it yet you know but uh, now nah, man you know me when, I, when I'm up there and I do my shows you know to me I'm doing a poetry reading but I'm also you know I tell stories in, in, in between I go you know I go in these little uh, you know talk about what's going on bullshit with the audience because it makes the whole thing better you sure. know that's just how it should be it's the way it mostly isn't you know that's one of the big problems that is why people got this sour taste in their mouth you know everybody's sour sour grapes man <laughs>
2: sour grapes make good wine
0: true yeah
2: that's a, well that's another part of uh always performing and always being out and being being the the highlight is people give you beer true <laughs> you know? Amongst other things yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's fun it's fun to see um mathematicians and poets yeah may let them try to stay sober for a long time
0: you know <laughs> i always hear all this like uh you know me I, 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 i'm like a junkie for like band stuff and like hear stories of like bands talk about these crazy shows and there's women throwing themselves at them on stage you know and i, I came close to that experience in buffalo you <laughs> know what i mean but it, it wasn't really a woman but but you know like uh it, it was just so funny man like I, I end up like <laughs> going out of this show I, I, I walk out of the show in Buffalo and like you know uh, everyone's handing me everything you know it, it, it feels good you know I got people just buying me drinks you know handing me joints you know it was just one of those things it was cool and I, I had this one guy who was like being like really friendly with me and, and he kept like he was trying to light my cigarette for me and I was oh. like I was like hey man you know I'm like oh, I'm good thank you I got to later he goes oh man I, I'm, I'm trying to holler at you oh, I'm like oh shit. dude I'm like dude I'm flattered You know, I'm flattered. I'm just, you know, I got two problems with that, you know. Uh, You know, I'm not into dating dudes. Right. You know, and I got a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, man, I was just going to offer to blow you behind the dumpster. Oh, man. I was like, you know what, man? I I looked at him. I was like, thanks for the offer. I really appreciate it. Dude. But guess what? You know, now I've never been offered a sexual act after a poetry reading before, but that goes on the list. Yeah.
2: Mark off your list. I'm sure you got. <laughs> sure there's a few on there. You definitely meet some interesting people, especially in poetry. Definitely, you know? man. I, definitely. I grew up uh, playing music. When I first started playing out in uh, Perth Amboy with a with a huge uh, a huge group of Peruvian kids. Awesome. And, and they played. I had a Peruvian friend growing up. They played everything from uh, metal, like like heavy, like death metal. Yeah, to yeah. You know, to um, you know, classical greatness. And it was the same thing—really yeah, yeah. classical music and, and, and black metal are like What's pretty different? much the same. Yeah, right.
0: And distortion,
2: you know. But there was a um, there was a a young lady by the name of by young lady. She was a lot older than me. I wasn't even uh, of age. And her name was uh, La guapa and she used to do uh, Accente de Arte, and it was a uh, it was just art and art and music. And she would get stuff together all over all over Perth Amboy at the Ari Lounge. Nice um, on the. On the bay and stuff, and then uh, she got into something, and she still does it. She's more of like yeah. an inspirational person, but she used to just very, a very, very passionate. Like she'd write poems about like coffee and shit, you know, like like hey, cool, it's cool stuff, man, like you know. And you of course, well. thank you. I mean, what are things that you know? It's it's pretty much, it's pretty much humor and heartbreak is what every human has in common. You know? True. So if you can mix some of that in there, and you know, it, it's tough being uh, I, like like I said, I call them soapbox heroes. Uh, it's hard not getting that stigma of of being like, uh, or of coming off like lethargic or or, or, or uh, jaded, or, or something. You know, jaded's like, a good word, man. Yeah, <laughs> there's a
0: lot of poets out there that are that are jaded. You know,
2: right. Well, I think it's important to keep um, keep introducing yourself back into it, and keep uh, keep looking back at yourself and, and doing some internal disclosure, and almost kind of going off the off the beaten path and just yeah. freestyling.
0: See, the big difference I have is that you know. There's a uh, with the what you call soapbox poetry, which I'm totally gonna rob because I love it. Sure. Um, there's this belief that you know what they do with a lot of the poems, they just say how they're feeling, mm-hmm. which is you know valid, of course, as cool. You know, makes great diary entries. But that you know they just forget I songs. They like forget like how to write a poem. Mm-hmm. And it's just like uh, it's a spill of trauma, which you know um, is great. If it's that's the setting for it, if you have a poetry reading or poetry workshop that's like supposed to be for like trauma healing and something like that, great, do it. Mm-hmm. It's but for, particular, but for the crowd, like if I'm coming out on a Friday night and like my wife's into poetry or something like that, you know, I'm saying if I'm older like that and I'm like, oh, I'll be checking out, and it's just somebody spilling how they feel, I'm like, what are you doing? Um, you know, to me, I want to write a poem, okay, and I want to make somebody be like, wow. I want somebody who's not into poetry to be like. Wow, you know, I dig that. Like, uh, you know, the best comments I've ever had were just dudes, you know, guys in work boots who, uh, yeah, the blue you know, collar. just coming off, n- never heard a good thing about poetry. The last poem we read was in ninth grade, and all of a sudden I'm doing a poem yeah. about, you know, working overnight at a supermarket. I'm doing a poem about being broke, and doing a poem about, you know, I got a funny poem about, you know, Tale the the Phantom Shitter from my last chat book, stuff like that. Like, and just like, dude's like, yo, man, that's a poem? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, of course, it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Listen, you know, it, it's rhythm. You know, uh, Walt Whitman. I uh, don't. It was a fantastic poet from the nineteenth century, and uh, he said that there's a balance between poetry and uh, poets and the society. Right. It's
2: yeah, po- between poetry and ranting and, um, <laughs> and and politics. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm gonna paraphrase, but he said something like, you know, the idea of the goal of the poet is to be admired. As much by the society as they admire the society themselves, even if they're dissenting against it, you know um there was a i'm going to butcher this quote too this one uh, poet from France uh said a quote that the uh, the American poet is in uh rebellion uh because they see the great American dream and they see themselves outside of it, but at the end of the day they they, they do believe in the idea of America and that's why they write these poems that are and whatever you want to say, anti-American. Mm-hmm. There's no anti-American, nothing. You mean like we are a country of dissent that was born on dissent, and I think that now in my newer book, I got a lot of poems that I wrote more that are uh, you know attacking the status quo, questioning right. how things are going. I got a poem called "Everyone's a Moderate Except When They're Not," mm-hmm. and that poem's about uh, how during the election, you know, everyone kind of forgot that everyone else was like a person. You know what I mean like we just completely? Uh, uh, everybody
2: was sitting on top of the fence, and they didn't have to jump to one side. People yeah, were yeah, kicking yeah. them off. Yeah, it was <laughs> like uh,
0: literally we let partisan politics completely sever, the, you know, any sort of interconnectivity people had. You know, I was watching families get torn apart. You know, and uh, instead of showing some empathy on either side, we just said, "No, no, those aren't pe- people." You know, "Oh, you support Black Lives Matter, you're an idiot." "Oh, right. you vote, uh, you're conservative." "Oh, you don't love people." You know, we just let it completely you know that one moment shocked everything so now when my my last poems I didn't really you know but these newer poems are a lot more on social commentary and I kind of moved into that I was nervous at first to do it because I didn't think I had the words or the ability to write a poem to properly uh do anything about that you know and now I think that you know I believe in the Whitman way that you know that's it's it's about that that tie-in you Mm -hmm. know like Poet must write about the society they're in. Right, you know that's that's the whole point of a poet. Mm-hmm. You know, don't
2: just cater; make make people work for it. Yeah. Um, some some of my favorite poets are people that I need like a thesaurus for, and it's not just because of the disconnect of the, of the old English language and the new one, but it's just because these you know people are not that they're using big words; they're just using words in ways that it's kind of like seeing a word and then seeing a word on a contract. Yeah, they're yeah different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. So, and when you think about words, the more you think about them. The more you're like, holy shit, what the hell does this stuff actually mean? I know what it means now, yeah. but what did it mean to this guy that I'm talking to? Because he came from a different time. Or what does it mean to this person? Totally, totally. So I'm a big fan of uh, Ambrose Bierce. He wrote okay. He wrote uh, The Devil's Dictionary, which cool. he just took the dictionary and wrote a satire on it. Hey, so not every word, that's great. but the words know? he wanted. And he was definitely bitter and biased and all this I, stuff. And a lot. Some of, of the best was, ones are, though, you know? Yeah, and, he's, and he was great. He was great, and he had um, various artists do some... Some artwork, kind of like Sted, Ralph Steadman esque, like the awesome. Chris Thompson thing, you know, uh, with with the the really dark ink drawings and whatnot. And um, and then I got into, as a child, I think I was introduced to um, Shel Silverstein, okay. of all people, and that was another thing that intrigued me. Even though the, the some of the poetry was just for kids, and then some of it I didn't understand. That I, wrote, I read it again, and I was like, this is way over way yeah, over yeah, a kid's yeah. head. And then there's like these drawings next to everything, and I was like, ah, oh, this is a this is a cool thing, you know. It's it's the image, and the and the words, and it's not too like daunting and like hard. It's hard to grasp. It didn't leave you empty or yeah. Because yeah. a lot of ups will bring you down just as fast.
0: See, like I kind of subscribe to like the Hemingway idea of uh, writing, where you know I like to write in the language of the people that I that I came up with, you know, of my people, right? So. You know, to me, when I read someone write a poem and they use a bunch of like, you know, uh, million dollar words, to me, I'm like, are you trying to write a poem or are you just trying to show off, you know, uh, how many words you know? You know, like some people do it fantastically, but some people are just like a list of like uh, four syllable words that are unneeded. You know, why am I going to use a four syllable word when I can just say a uh, one syllable word that does the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, words do have power but it's the power we give them. That's why I actually, I don't know if you know about Hebrew. Uh, I haven't, I'm not too well read, but I have a lot of friends that are Jewish. It's numerology. Yeah, it's a, every word, every letter means a number. Well, I'm you know? really,
2: I'm really, really into, um, and especially now, i um, 29 years old, I've been researching um, a lot of different things that, between between uh, quantum realities and biologically quantum and the brain and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the electric universe and yada, 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 and the connections between everything that's measurable and i'm finding more and more now that when when people say oh that's voodoo or that's satanic or that's the symbolism what they don't understand is that symbols you know from from the play button on your radio to the cross around somebody's neck it's not just a symbol that incites a feeling in you it's a symbol that actually because of its shape and what it's made of Gives off a of frequency, and if you actually look, uh, the flyer that I made for the show okay. um, is actually a bunch of circuit, um, a bunch of uh, prominent uh, circuit connections. Cool. All right. Cool. So it's like a, a it was just a, they're all in circles and they're all circuit connections, but they're also ancient symbols. Okay. So it's not like in in the way of, uh, it's pretty much there are ancient symbols that you can go, you can open up your VCR and find this little circuit. Psh, psh, Thing, and then you can you can trace all the lines together, and, and you can that's awesome. And it's you dope. can find it in the in the Book of the Dead, you know, from wow, ten thousand wow, wow. years ago. Because it means things. And this world, anybody who was ever smart enough to to uh, come to peace with the idea, and also scientifically be able to somewhat, maybe people couldn't really prove it in that day. But people like Tesla or any of these guys that yeah, actually yeah. had a name that were that were defeated by the society they were they they were building up. They would say, you know, uh, sounds and symbols rule the universe. And it's true. I mean,
0: I agree, man. Words
2: mm-hmm. are voodoo in all fashions. So you be careful what you use them for.
0: Yeah, know? of course. You know, like some, and the, that's the problem I have. You know, I try not to be overly critical, you know, about people put out work. I'm not a hater. I support everyone who wants to get into any sort of art form. I think it's a great release that more people need to start trying out. Mm-hmm. But however, you have you have however, you know, the problem is a lot of people just string words together and they call that a poem. They call that a song. They call that whatever. And that, you know, to me, there's like this, uh, you know, you know, I, I battle with it because, you know, I think a lot of poets, a lot of like, you know, these are like the, the people who wear scarves and shit like that. You know, they like think that. uh Ascots. Yeah. <laughs> they think they're like uh, on another class and maybe they whatever they believe it. You know, I grew up a poor guy. Talking I remember, like
2: the Lower East Side or something. Oh yeah,
0: The Lower East Side where rebellion began, man. And then now it's like you know you can't live there without having a six figure income. Yeah. Um, but it's like there's this weird thing, and I think that there is this almost um, this ritualistic, uh, almost a divinity thing. Cause me. I'll, I was an atheist. Now more of a... I don't know what I am. I belong to the church. If I don't fucking know, you know. And uh, I do. I, I I read a lot of different stuff, can but find,
2: I can never find that
0: place. Yeah. It's not I, on Google Maps. I just think that there's like this weird thing that happens when people create art because I don't believe personally that art is local. Okay. No. I don't think that you don't sit sit down and say, I'm going to write this, and then you know you may you know think hard or whatever. But I do think that there's like this. Thing that happens, I think that we're almost like radio antenna. We're conduits. Yeah, yeah we're conduits. Well, there's a
2: lot of science behind that, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's you know that's what I've been so intrigued with, and the the, the golden mean. Is a part that's in. If you look at like old Columbia records and stuff, they would do a lot of stuff, and they're, you know, they're notorious for for, for having records that you can play backwards. And they're saying, you know, yeah. six, six six six, but like the song doesn't sound like that, <laughs> you know. But like they would have, if you played on one of their, if you made a record with them, you would have to play a, this particular, in this frequency, this particular song that went in this particular way, and it's it's called the golden mean. Okay. And. It's where everything matches up, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. much like perfection. It's like the formula that makes a, a happy song make you cry and a, and a sad song make you feel better. You know, it's, it's all there, and they know it. They know what it is, and they use it to, to brainwash people, and that's the worst part is music's being infiltrated. Sounds and frequencies are being infiltrated. Look at the music
0: today, man. <laughs> listen, you listen to four different songs back-to-back. Back. It's got the same tempo, the same <laughs> chord progressions. I'm like, wow, I thought I just heard the song three times. You know? Um you know it's just like this weird thing i i think that like we give ourselves too much credit as artists because you know uh we, we want to have this idea in our head that we're like special yeah you know i and stuff like that Nah, i think because i'll be sitting there sometimes man and you know i, I hear stories of people who wore at the keyboard and there is a bit of that man when you're writing longer form, writing prose you know it's like jesus ah, you're writing but it's uh, technique I'll be sitting there, and um you know, I'll get smacked in the face, like literally just like out of nowhere be hit with an idea, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, I was like, "Wow, is that my brain using my imagination to conjure up this, or was I just not saying that there's some like divine creator like give the fat kid an idea you well, that's know, exactly
2: like, what it is there is a divine creator and and we are conduits, I feel personally, yeah, and I feel like things flow through us, and you look at some people and it, there's proof of it when you look at little kids and they're instantly just amazing at a piano it's like it's like either they're reincarnated and they have muscle memory from a past life or somebody's like broadcasting shit
0: into their head and I think the frequencies can be changed too of course you know the comedian Sam Kinison from, uh, from the, the 80's um, man, if he's I a big probably. guy in a trench coat and a beret okay yeah okay um, well he's like you know he, he was a madman but supposedly his brother wrote a book called My Brother Sam Mm-hmm. okay and the books about how his brother was a straight laced kid big in time into mathematics and science soft spoken mm-hmm. he was hit by a car hit his head and when he came out of the coma, out of a, of coma he was a different person and he was then he became one of the greatest comedians of all time and I think that like you could adjust, adjust your frequencies through many different things you know uh through doing terrible things, through doing good things, mm-hmm. through psychedelia, you know, uh, through any drugs by that matter, you know, like I know a lot of dudes who at one point were brilliant and now they're shot out, and they, they you know they just no ideas come to them. You're know? looking at one, <laughs> um,
2: absolutely, a- absolutely. There's so many variables to it all, but um, do you want to? You feel like spitting one? and We'll go into a musical break. And yeah, maybe hitting the uh,
0: book I just gave you.
2: Yeah, I'll hit you with the book and
0: cool. On. I want to give a little uh, a little uh, anecdote before I read this poem. Um, so this poem is called "Softcore Porn Never Sounded Like This," and it's about when I was 11 years old. I uh, got my first phone, and I got into an adult dating site, and I met this 40 year old woman who I would like have phone sex with every night. And then I told her that I was 11. And she was like, you know, that's cool with me. So, you know, <laughs> I was having a blast having phone sex with this chick. And then, you know, my mom found out that I was calling Canada every night. This is back when you have to pay extra, you know. Oh, my God. So uh, I didn't even know this was a big deal until my girlfriend. It's 10, 10, 10 20, <laughs> My uh, girlfriend's like, this is wrong. If you were a right. girl, it would be a big deal. I'm like, hey, I had a blast. So wow. Let me read that. All right. I haven't had phone sex since 2005 when Kay stopped calling me from Canada. She was three times my age, but she didn't care. She was going to come to the States and make a man out of me once the chemo stopped and she could walk again. Kay said men her age wouldn't give a woman in a wheelchair a chance. While boys and girls were coupling up in dim-lit gymnasiums, swaying to hits from the 80s, I was stroking my half-limp prick to where purring to me things I didn't understand. And now I can't remember. Clenching my eyes shut, trying to conjure images of what a vagina could look like because the softcore porn commercials on Channel 69 didn't show anything below the waist. Like a drunken buffalo, I would thrash around my sheets with my member in my hand, dancing along with her words with each slap of hand on flesh. And when we would finish, I would slap my knees together, drunk off a cocktail of regret, shame, and exhilaration. I'd say goodbye to Kay from Canada, pull my waistband above my navel, and slide down to the floor so I could play with my action figures before bedtime. <laughs>
2: A little dose of reality. Oh yeah. A little insight into Damian Rucci's early life. <laughs> That's a very interesting thing. We're gonna go cut to music um, before we go any further. You can catch Damian Rucci over at Poetry Palooza, number four. Um, yeah. And if I wasn't getting the spinning wheel of death, I would totally have the date. That's this Friday. Yeah, this is Friday, twenty first. Twenty first. Um, got Anthony Carrera, Matt Morgan, uh, playing some music and. And then yourself.
0: Yeah, we also have uh, three other poets. We have Molly Tav, John Poppy, and Christopher Stanley.
2: Very cool. Awesome. Um, we are live on a Monday night. You're listening to Live from the Dining Room. Oh, man. This is brand new music by a uh, fantastic artist. Whom is in here, man, uh, two, three years ago. Uh, this is one of Stephen Massey's projects, this is Cold Heart Revival, with a song, Your Island, off of their brand new album available on Bandcamp, Over the Water, here it is.
4: And by a couple of degrees And none too pleased with you, my darling We've got the ambition to succeed But it's too fun to watch it fall Voices sending planes to your island. A million reasons to stay Hiding I'll end up an addict to disdain, having wiped the slate. someone else, live out your dreams, instead of waking up, just do the same, there is a comfort see you can play it out, but you're not playing now. it's not a game, this is reality, and I hope it's something I'll leave shouting out, but it helps to keep me from... We all sing together, not focus on the weather, not
5: sledge, set our eyes on something we all can't believe in, believe me it's true, like me and you, you and us, us and them.
4: Close your eyes, and you say things anyway. Choose your path wisely, hold your head high, see past what your eyes can perceive. Would you love me unconditionally? Traditionally that sounds fishy to me, but we all have to swim in the biggest of seas. We all have to swim. We all have to swim, don't we? You lack the words you need to say. So you close your eyes and you say things anyway. You, you lack the words you wanna say. So you close your eyes. Just close your eyes.
2: Welcome back to Laughing in the Dining Room. That was Man Dancing with the Words off of their album Everyone Else, which is available on the internet. Before that was Above the Moon. Um, they're not showing up on the playlist because I fell asleep and I whacked my head on the keyboard and I accidentally switched the song, but that's great So, because we got to hear some Above the Moon. Before that was Red Giant. Big apology to Red Giant for cutting your song off a little early there, but I'm only human. So, yeah, that song was open off their album, Infinity, which is really just, it's vibey. It's really vibey. And before that was Cold Heart Revival with your island off their brand new album over the water. We're listening live from the dining room on a monday night i'm here with damian rucci the founder of poetry in the port put your mic
0: on i am here
2: you are so in here so is brody we have a dining room dog i'm joe galupo um my my partner in crime the knob slinger jason wallace couldn't join us today uh he was getting a mani pedi last time i checked (laughs) um Brody is that? What's the matter? False statement? (laughs) False statement? (laughs) Sticking up. Sticking up for Jay. Uh, um, Damien, why don't you tell me what you got coming up on Friday?
0: Friday, I'm going to be at the Scarlet Pub in New Brunswick for Poetry Palooza. I think I've been at the last two before this one. This one's going to be great going to be with some fantastic musicians and poets like Christopher Stanley, Molly Tav, and John the Pope Poppy. It's going to be a fun evening. I guarantee you, you'll be outraged and uh, That's enough, shocked.
2: Brady. Are you outraged? Are you shocked?
0: Brody, I'm, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> he,
2: he hates this song because love is always on time. I'm
0: going to let him out. Yeah, word, 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 word.
2: Keep the people happy.
0: Yeah, man. I'm gonna be there In New Brunswick I'm gonna be doing the thing Um Reading some poems Doing some things I guarantee you It'll be a good time I guarantee you Come out
2: I'm sorry I'm on I'm on dog duty over here <laughs> There's a lot happening In the dining room In the year 2017 As well as the world Uh You heard a couple Couple things Off of uh Damien's Book here That he did uh with a fellow by the name of Esno Martin. Yes. Uh, the former Lives of Saints. Yeah. Very cool. How much, is it, how much did it cost to get
0: this? Residence? I don't know. Uh, Esno <laughs> runs a press out in Kansas City called uh, EMP. And. Uh, now, is this available? Yeah, yeah. It's $10. You can pick it up. Um, Amazon's been kind of shady. You, so, for a while, it wasn't available on Amazon, but it's available on Amazon. Barnes & Noble. Get
2: a drone fly it over here for you. <laughs> you.
0: You could also catch me uh, anywhere you see me live. I'll have them on me. You know? Yes. Just slinging books. <laughs> <laughs> like crack rocks.
2: I don't know how many uh, of these you wanted to do. Yeah, I'll do um, one. What you, you want to do one? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, some, you want some wood flute that I just... You gotta bring out the flute, bro. I found it under my bed yesterday. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, I just... I found it under there and... I brought it over to... Uh, low Light headquarters. Okay. If you're familiar with the show, you're familiar with the band Low Light. Uh, play a lot of them, and I play random instruments on their stuff sometimes, and they they make it sound good. I don't know how, but I just found this really spiritual flute.
0: Yeah, it, it is pretty spiritual. I'll start you off. I right, do dog, it, and then I'll let the dog in. Ah. Right. I sold my soul. I sold my soul to a grocery store for $11 an hour And it doesn't look like I'll be going anywhere anytime soon Cause nowhere else pays as good I only gotta work 7 days a week, 10 hours a day And they don't care if I smoke dope As long as the job is done The world sleeps while third shift chews at my flesh like a plague I can't even work sober anymore When will the sun rise? How many more days in autumn? How many more nights chasing my youth through these frozen food aisles, praying dawn will bring release. More
2: of the rever- uh, reserved side of Damien. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, if you ever, if you ever can catch uh, Damien live, which you can, uh, this Friday at the Scarlet Pub. But um, he's a very, very animated guy, and he doesn't need a microphone. No, never. So um, you know, you could stand in the front, you know. <laughs> bring a poncho.
0: Hey, you could stand in the back too, you know, whatever. We'll stand outside, you'll probably hear me down the street as well, you know. <laughs> <clears throat>
2: um, so I mean other than other than poetry and stuff. I mean, how long can we talk about can we talk about poetry? I
0: guess we could talk about forever, but you know, we're going go in circles and shit like that, you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I could always um we could always just turn this into like a like a shock jock show or something just say a lot you know yeah, 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 yeah just um just be like god fuck, donnie
0: <laughs> make sure the sound boards work oh that's great yeah that's great
2: you are hereby listening to live from the dining room on a monday night this is episode 160 something i'm juggles boss sitting damn. here with damian rucci uh he's been doing some stuff um, if you're just catching this live and maybe you need to run or something, I don't know why you would ever need to run away from your mobile device or don't your run. computer, but this will all be um, up on the interweb, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, anywhere that you do
0: podcasts. You listen to
2: podcasts.
0: Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm a podcast madman. What are you on right now? Uh, what am I on right now or what am I listening to? <laughs> do you like, um, like Mark Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Mark Maron. Mark Maron just, you know, I love him, but he's just a bitter son of a bitch sometimes. And, like, I used to listen to him a lot, but he keeps getting these podcasts where he'll bring, like, a guest from the past that he wronged. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes, like, this cringeworthy mess of, like, bitterness. But it's kind of, like, it's very telling because the guy was a bitter, you know, bastard. And now, you know, he's, like, coming to terms. Like, oh, I was a fool as a young man. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, uh, Bill Burr. I listen to uh, Duncan Trussell. Joey Diaz in the Church What's happening Now. And I also listen to a lot of conspiracy podcasts. I love those. I've been really into this podcast from Ireland called The Conspiracy Guys. Oh. Okay? It's these dudes. And uh, they're from Dublin. And they just talk for, like, they have, like, five-hour podcasts. And, you know, the, the job that I have that pays the bills is I work overnight at a supermarket. I know it's very glamorous. But, um, so i listen to this, like, five-hour podcast about, like, numerology and, like, religious books and shit. like You know, it's great, man. It's fantastic. I think podcasts are almost, you know, a near perfect medium because uh, you do it when you're doing anything. Exactly. You know, exactly. you don't. You don't want to be live. You know, this is live right now, but in a couple of days it'll be uh, everywhere. Yeah. And then somebody listen to it at work when they go for a jog when they're doing errands. Right.
2: What a lot of people don't realize is podcasts are great because <clears throat> you can da- like usually you can download them when you're in like a Wi-Fi area. A lot of people have like data data bills. Yeah, or and you stuff, stream like data or whatever they want to call it. You you could stream them, but if you just download them, yeah, like onto your onto your device, you can listen to them without when you're driving and you don't have service. You can yeah. listen to them, and uh, you know that's that's what I use it for. I mean, I don't really listen to this podcast, but I'll. I was just on uh, Awesome Talk, which is down down the shore, and they do a lot of different stuff. Those cool, guys, cool, they have people of all walks of life in there. Nice, um, nice, and they're really cool. They do a couple other ones. There's um, listen to a, a hardcore podcast. It's kind of like this. Um, except it's not. Um, I don't think it's live. It's called Pissed Off Radio. That's awesome. And yeah. That's a cool one. And they shout out a lot of the the angry <laughs> bands. I want to do a podcast about everything. Hey, like everybody's like, I yeah. want to do this podcast. I'm like, that's a great idea. Do it. I'm like, you want to talk about just that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, ah, man. Ten years ago, I would have hate. I would have hated you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but now. But it's now like, podcasts are the radio. They are the freeform radio. So. They get
0: more <laughs> listeners. Then like everyone, you know, like even NPR, even those big even everywhere you think of, they're not getting the numbers that podcasts are getting. Uh, you get
2: treasure troves at, at your touch. It's like Netflix of of radio. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, listen to radio. Um, you know, listen to WFMU if you're in the Jersey area, the Jersey City Radio. They're great. Um, listen to your local stuff because that might not that might not always be there. Um, but don't fucking turn don't listen to that dog shit. Who needs that? Other stuff. Ten ten other stuff. 10-10
0: wins. <laughs> you know what? This you is know. Big Joe Henry. The radio was for, I think it's for, still is, you know, a previous generation. You know, it's kind of like television now, you know. Uh, there's Netflix. There's Hulu. There's all these different places are just saying, we're going to just democratize, you know, this medium where now anyone can. You know, two guys with a camera. Have YouTube videos that have more views than the number one cable channel gets. Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. You know, like uh, you know, a podcast like Joe Rogan, he's got like nine million downloads an episode. You know, like there's no radio show on the planet that's getting that per episode of listeners. No, maybe like Infowars and all them. You know, yeah. But God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, gentlemen. Uh, Pretty uh, obvious. They're making the frogs gay. I have the documents. Amazon's (laughs) doing it. They're here
2: somewhere. I mean,
0: infowars.com. This
2: is is the best part. This is the best part. They are making the frogs gay, but Alex Jones is telling you about it.
0: You know what I mean? You know, it sucks, man, because... Because
2: if you look at it, they are making the frogs gay. Something they're doing. (laughs)
0: I've seen a lot of homosexual <laughs> frog things going on. I'll tell you the truth. You know, I can't walk out of my house without seeing some, you know, frogs and you know, shredding this stuff. Know, how
2: am I going to explain that to my kids? How the fuck am I going to explain you know, that to my kids? It really
0: broke my heart, man. Because, like, you know, back in the Ron Paul days, don't get me wrong, I wasn't, you know, old enough to vote, but I was in you know, my, te- I, you know, I'm 24 now, so I was a teenager. Three
2: bananas.
0: But I was, you know, I was in the Alex Jones back in the day before he went down this tirade of. Uh, yeah. Of madness. They're, they're trying to destroy me. Because remember, this is the dude who did uncover Bohemian
2: Grove.
0: You know, like, that's yeah. one valid thing yeah. that I know he did.
2: He, he didn't uncover it. They let him in yeah, with a yeah. shitty camera <laughs> to, to begin the Mordach. grand divide. We were talking about the oh, great yeah. divide. You need people like Alex Jones.
0: Of course. He's the
2: tinfoil hat of conspiracy. Asian
0: provocateurs, man. Right. They don't yeah. always have to wear black block, you know. Right. Provocateurs, man, you get this guy on, uh, even if he's semi-right about something, mm-hmm. he's so... Uh, nuts. Right, and or the characters portraying is right. so nuts.
2: Our our knowledge in what has been replaced with expletives.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like you know, and it sucks as man. When I was deep into Ron Paul, I was in the libertarian movement, and then I kind of distanced myself out, and then I came back in, and everyone who was a libertarian is kind of like on the races wagon now. They're all right. on the trunk. So that's why it's, like it's everything confusion. So everyone's just like put, uh, put
2: all of the different layers of confusion you could put on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, even yeah. ice cream, you're like, you put the you put the little crunchy cookie parts on the outside Why? now? Why? Why? And bacon and jello?
0: You know, I'm not saying I'm not gonna eat it, gen- people that I'm just saying. I'd have that too. I am blown away, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the truth. You know what broke my heart the other day? Uh yesterday I went to the Hazle Pool Club with my grandmother. You know, I wanted to go out and have a good day. So, you know, I just went to the snack bar, I got a bacon cheeseburger. But what broke my heart the most was uh, I, I knew something was wrong. Something was up. Oh, yeah? I opened the cheeseburger, bro. They didn't even put bacon on the cheeseburger. It was bacon bits. They literally put bacon bits on my cheeseburger. Jesus!
2: I know. I almost threw. I
0: almost. It was terrible. I almost threw a Molotov cocktail through the window. There, you know, like I was heartbroken. You know, it just it completely ruined my whole day. Oh, shit. I'm still traumatized. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> can can I expect a... Um, a poem
2: about that one. I it might think. be too,
0: too 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 dramatic for me. I'm not sure if I can <laughs> deal with. It, you know, like I didn't
2: think. You know, I'm a big guy. People can handle it. I didn't think I don't know to uncover
0: that. You know.
2: Oh, <sighs> uh, you, you were mentioning you're not you don't live too far from here, and, and you're doing a show in in Cotteret.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, for any of our local listeners. I actually have a couple shows going on in this area. Um, I'm doing a show. Um, I'll put up right now. In the meantime, uh, in August, I'm actually doing a show at the Barron Arts Center oh, nice. in Woodbridge. Um, it's funny, man, because, you know, when you're doing uh, anything about performances, um, you know, you talk to a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of things don't come to fruition because mm-hmm. that. So, um... I got booked to host a youth poetry slam a couple months ago at the Baron Arts Center. Really, it was cool, man. You know, I uh, I, I got paid to go up there. I read a poem, and I, I judges youth poetry thing. All these teenagers were there. Uh, I think it was like Woodbridge High School, and like two of the schools were competing. And cool. they got whoever won got like a pizza party or something. It was cool. really cool.
2: Like their, you uh, know? their drama class or something. Um,
0: yeah. And uh, then when I'm walking in, I was like, "Oh man, you you're doing a show here." I'm like, what are you about? i like, Look around, my name's on all these on flyers the around it, you know? And I was like, I guess I am. I forgot I booked the show. Yeah, your name's on the front so,
2: of it. I see that every time I turn down <laughs> Port Reading Avenue, man. I see the names. It, it's going to say it. Yeah. It's going to say youth poetry. I almost went in there. I was in there in third grade. I drew a picture. Yeah. A, a, very, like, a very accurate, like, I was like an architect with like when I was a little wow. kid, the way I drew with like rulers and
0: shit. I was like, no, you got to get the corner. So I brought it up. Uh, July 28th, I'm going to be at the Cultural Arts Center in Carteret, uh, the Blazing Star Cultural Arts Center. That's the 28th, and then um, in August, I think, it's, uh, I think it's August 9th, I'll be at the Baron Arts Center uh, doing a, a full-blown show. It's a free show. So, both are free shows. So, if you guys are in the area, you should definitely come out. Um, you know, I guarantee you don't be turned off by the name Poetry, because uh, I'm a little bit different than the folks you've uh, heard about, so. Oh, hey, what up, kitty cat?
2: <laughs> Kennedy, Vincent Kennedy McCat has just entered the dining room. Best f-ing cat out there. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> it's time. Uh, if anybody wants to call in uh, to our new station. <laughs> The most trusted name in news. Live from the dining room, uh, you can call in 732 599 We'll be live for, uh, a little, for a while, for a little while longer. Um, whenever whenever this gentleman needs to catch the train. Call in, talk uh, to us. Yeah, 732 599 You can also visit the Facebook page
0: uh, live from the dining room. And click the call now button. Ooh. Yeah you know what, I decided I want to knock off this brash way I speak. I'm just going to start doing radio voice all the time. Shit. Shit. Like, hey, um, can I get a uh, bacon cheeseburger with actual bacon please? Do it more. Thank man. you. Maybe I would have got bacon if I did that, man. Get, get deeper. Listen, what we need to talk about is love <laughs> in today's society. We need to spread love. And donate as much money as you can right now.
2: Call in Loveline, 732 860
0: Have phone sex with me so I write poems about it. <laughs> no, actually don't because my girlfriend will beat us both up. Don't do that. <laughs> oh. Nah, man. You know, <clears throat> I think it's cool when, like, I got a lot of respect for Caroline Romanelli. Yes. Because I, I'm a big fan of mixing art forms, you know. And, um... With Poetry Palooza, you know, it's cool, man. The Skrull Pub is a tight little spot. It's small, which is always good for those kind of things, you know. I, I just enjoy it because, like, you go from have a, having a band, like a ska band, from, like, that to, like, a poet to, like, one time she had, like, some, like, I don't know, it was, like, uh, it was cool. I don't know what it was. I think it was the last one. It was, like, um, Hispanic music or something like that, but it had, like, punk vibes to it, and I was, like, Yes, nice. I need more of this. You know, but like was it the rollbacks. Maybe, maybe
2: uh, Alejandro. I think so. Takusi, he's out actually on his way to Peru. He does a lot of stuff on the on the on the port, uh, yeah, in Port Amboy and stuff. So you, you could it was great. You, you can go get a picture of Sangri and check him out. Sometime. Yeah, oh yeah, he's fun.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. I just think it's cool he makes stuff like that. Like with the show I do now with that I host and Keyport, it's just straight poetry, and that just out of respect. The other shows they have going on there because they do have a music open mic the night before on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have music acts on the weekends. They used to have a comedy mic, so I didn't want to have like a Verity show open mic and draw away from that audience over there. You know, so we just do poetry. But um, you know, I'm, i you know, my whole life, not my whole life, like last two years really, I've been rocking with different bands and doing punk shows, and I did a hip hop show. Uh, at the Red Bank Rehearsal Studio. Shout out to my boys in Water for Mars and the Empire Project. It sucks. They were going to open for Tech 9 at Starland. Really? They, like, put their names down years ago because they asked, like, who would you open for if they came through? And there's, like, a lottery system or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And my friends' names got drawn. Nico Rocco and Kyle Wolf and the Empire Project along with the guys from Water for Mars. And they were so excited. They got the tickets. This is, like, this is like a life-changing moment for them. And Tech 9 canceled the show. Oh, shit. So what happened was that they had all these people, they had to refund all this money to, but then they, they were like, man, oh, we wanted to see you. So the show like, got canceled? Yeah, so they were like, hey, why don't we do a free show mm-hmm. at the Red Bank Rehearsal Studio, all right? Right. And um, it was crazy, man. Listen, you know, I've done some crazy poetry readings. I mean, like, uh, on my book release show, we had 150 people crammed into a coffee shop, you know? That's cool. So, But I've never done a poetry reading when there's volleyballs going around, you know? Because you know it was like I was with these hip hop guys so we did this show and it was like you know I'm doing a poetry reading and there's volleyballs going around in the audience I was like oh nice I can get used to this <laughs> volleyball or
2: like beach balls or something
0: Well like, you know there's like beach balls you know like you know like at concerts they like they push around there's like oh, three or four yeah. of them blown up That's always fun Yeah it was a blast man you know like You're So like I'm cool. always down to do weird shit like that you know It's fun to kind of mix it all up
2: Yeah I'm 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 into seeing artists in, in obscure locations Somebody's like, I'm gonna book a show in the woods. Hell yeah! Like, Where is it? I don't know. I'll tell you like that day of. Call me, or something like that. I'm into that. You don't get a lot of that stuff around here too much. Probably. And if you do, you're not invited
0: to it. I'll tell you the truth. The problem with this area, this whole area, is that uh, Jersey decided to like wipe out the artists, and they did that by raising rent prices <coughs> ridiculously yeah. high. Mm-hmm. It's sad to say. A lot of these dudes. A lot of you know, we don't have the um, benefits of a small city. You know, small cities have all you know. It's on the up living. and up, though. Um, Is it?
2: Yeah, they're 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 building up Woodbridge. If they put a if they put a a uh, hospital in Woodbridge, it'll be a city. Yeah, and then everything. Well, they're already you're already seeing signs of them putting in like um, wildlife preserves and stuff in these towns. They're taking the most polluted areas and they're trying to fix them up. It's awesome because they're trying to bring it. You know, they're trying to bring people back in. You're not going to put somebody on the on the Rawley River, yeah, you know, yeah. in a condo and say yeah. it's luxury housing. When
0: Welcome to the new Woodbridge. Yeah
2: yeah so <laughs> you know um the um new brunswick's doing uh doing some stuff with the arts that's back and forth
0: new brunswick's always had <clears> such a killer scene man yeah. like it's so great uh, Ra-
2: the Railway culture call and the and the new brunswick um music festival are, are in september so yeah i mean you should try i could probably get you on both of those yeah I've like, that.
0: totally um you know what's cool um so i went on a tour in april when the book first came out uh there was a three-day festival in kansas city called the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown, which is, like, awesome. You know, it's pretty much, it's like 100, 200 people gathered together, a bunch of, you know, it's like 35 poets on the bill, 40 like, big-name guys in the small press scene, like John Dorsey, Ari Washington, just amazing people. And um, you do, like, it's a three-day poetry reading, you know, like it's just great, it's a huge festival. After that, we went on tour, and uh, we went, one of the stops was uh, Michigan City, Indiana. It's very interesting over there because what they do is that the rent is so stupid low. Mm -hmm. Okay? That they have like whole buildings that are just for artists and they're like, and they go by like how much you make, right? Uh So there's a lot of artists there living who don't make nothing right now. They're living like pretty much for free. So what happens is that they have all these weird shops around town that are open for like four hours a day, two hours a day. Like it's just stupid stuff. And it's because people can afford if, if rent prices are so low. You can afford to be edgy, you can afford to be crazy and do weird things. Uh, We did a reading at this place called Quality Beat, which is like this little tiny half juice shop, half coffee shop, half sell whatever we got, I guess, you know. It was a weird spot, but it was cool, you know, like, uh, a place like, you know, I dig that, you know, the problem is, you know, Jersey out from Keyport, you know, it's like, we tried, I've been doing stuff, I'm supposed to be doing a poetry festival in September problem is that woodbridge is also doing their uh festival that i'm involved with okay um what is that parker press uh i don't know who it's through the baron arts center so So i'm not sure we're doing at parker press yeah Yeah. that's one of the
2: first printing presses in the the country really yeah and uh it's pretty dark stuff over there yeah Uh, some of the um excerpts from some of the original books from parker press are, are um beveled into the glass on the train station if you you know if you're if you're going over by there wow and um it's about how the the uh, residents of of Woodbridge um, lit torches and marched to New York City to try to burn it down when they first started building New York. Wow. Because, like, you know, like, I live right next to, like, Manhattan, you know, like, Manhattan Avenue, but it's, like, it was Manhattan Avenue before... Really? A, a, ...in Woodbridge before there was Manhattan type deal. Wow. Like, you
0: know... They're over there like we like the name New Amsterdam better yeah (laughs) you know
2: like this one was Manhattan Avenue because it brought you to where the guy was eventually going to put Manhattan this one was Pennsylvania Avenue because they were getting ready to go and fucking lay down some stakes in Pennsylvania
0: you know and it's
2: like because people they didn't land here but they came here a lot of them did a lot of the Dutch man people from Virginia uh, I think it was Woodbridge Virginia the, and they came up here, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of history. I'm not too. I need to get some historians in here to really totally like lay it straight on me. Uh, in
0: Keyport, the thing was was that Keyport was the key port to New York City for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh and how was that The Dutch showed up, All right? And they were there for a minute from like 1640 onward. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, even you know, Keyport was such a bustling town in the 20s and 30s and 40s. They actually built those planes. You know, those planes that um, they could fly. They could also land on water. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, those were built in Keyport. This right. place called the Air Marine. Oh, cool. It was this huge factory. So it was like a dope town. The problem is when they stopped doing the ferry and they stopped uh, shipping goods back and forth. You know, the town is you know, right. beautiful now. It went through a whole renaissance. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's still, it went through this renaissance. Now I'll be talking to the town and they'll say, you know, we want you to help us do something. We want to have a more bohemian Keyport. Right. But by, by, by bohemian, they don't mean poor artists making cool things happen. They mean, like, rich white kids from Brooklyn right. who can't afford to live there anymore. Yeah, the bohemians. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the bohemians now, right? Yeah. You know, like, with, uh, rich, rich uh, white dudes with $150 flannels, you know?
2: <laughs> right. yeah, no socks. And if they did, they'd be ex- more expensive than your clothes. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I mean Sea Warren, uh, which is right down the road, was was like the Jersey Shore back in the day. Really, all the rich people lived on. I think um, Lucille Ball had a house on the Wow <clears throat> on the port, and now it's all Hess refineries. You know, it's still there. The yeah, yeah. Are still there, and they're trying to put stuff back into it, but you know, it's illegal to dredge in there, and it's you, you go in the water and you come out with extra legs.
0: You know, uh, Kingsburg. <coughs> yeah. Okay, so King, Kingsburg is notorious for people who don't know in this area. Uh, there's a lot of bad things about Keensburg. A lot of memes went viral. About the town, you know, the town has a crime issue or had a crime issue. It's getting a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. But my grandma was here back. When it was called Kingsburg Heights or whatever, some moniker like that. And it was, a, it was a resort town. Right. So people who are living in Union City, Jersey City, New York City, would own a summer home in the bird. Yeah, and there was then It the was hard- great. It was beautiful. And Then like you know, pretty much everything went wrong with the town. And then hardcore and punk moved in. Wow, a little bit more than that. The uh, problem is when a lot of the mental institutions shut shut down. Yeah. They uh, provided these homes mm-hmm. where nurses were being paid for by the state like pro- or the county. Project Life
2: Home. Something like that. Yeah. But they
0: would medicate these people and you know overmedicate them. Of course, back in the home. day. And, and what happened was was that uh, when the funds ran out, mm-hmm. they just left a lot of these people there.
4: Course,
1: you know, and, yeah,
0: and uh, which Over, just Overbrook. which just says a lot for yeah. you know the kind of world we're in where we don't fucking uh, try to say hey we can't just forget about a bunch of people who need help, yeah. which that's a problem when uh, Kansas City's got a problem like that uh, where there's a lot of dudes uh, unfortunately a lot of these uh, poor black guys who are completely uh, have you know need mental health problems they don't have money they don't have insurance they don't you know so happens is that they go in for three days. And they'll be great. They'll be treated for three days. But then that three days, the cutoff, mm-hmm. they're back out on the streets the next oh, day.
2: Yeah. Well, Chris Christie shut all the beds when he came into office. And now he's trying to, and now he's trying to do this thing so he looks like the, the drug savior. But he, he's the one who shut the beds down. When he got an office. Dude,
0: he gave such a bad name to fat dudes. You know, fat dudes were coming That's up. Right. You know, listen, I'm getting tired of the persecution, man. The fat dudes were on the rise for a minute. You know, we had, of course, Chris Farley. Okay. We had Orson Wells. You know, we even had Rob Ford, Mayor Rob Ford. We had that dude. He was he was a savage, an old school guy. You know, so fat people were on the rise. You know, it was great. Like, yeah, being fat's cool again. And then you know, Chris Christie comes in with that Chris with that hat. You know, the guy, he got caught on camera, man, putting bags of M and M's and other bags M and M's. You know, you know. Ah, oh, Chris Christie, what'd you do, man? He's like
2: Chris Christie's like oh,
0: scourge of the earth.
2: He's such a goon.
0: Spineless man.
2: He's a goon. It's 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 almost like uh, it's like a tween version of the mafia that we're looking at. You know, we're looking at a bunch of politicians who look from from a distance, or actually from any angle you look at them now, unless you're sitting right there, unless you're right up front and you're just too into it. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of kids arguing over the kickballs at the beginning of recess yeah, because you know, there's always the fucking egg shaped ones. There's a couple flat ones. You get the fresh ones, yeah, yeah. it really you know?
0: this is what's happened that our presidents in the corner on his phone tweeting about it. you know what I mean, that's, that's where it was. So good. you know, it's and Pete Rose still isn't in the Hall of fame. <laughs> it just the whole thing baffles me. I pretty much believe, you know, I'm not one of those guys who thinks like, you know, I, I've got a very good friend of mine who, Every couple of weeks, I'll get a text message. It's all going to hell, man. Oh, God. Get the AR 15s, man. Get canned goods. It's going down. Yeah. You know, and, you know. It's poor Luke waiting <laughs> on judgment day. You know, it's just like we were, so many things are just like moving so fast now, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, people are not quickening to it and the ones that are taking advantage of it the ones that aren't are sitting around like how did this happen right yeah you know how did how did trump become president when meanwhile if you were looking at the trends you might have been like
2: hey man but even even during the great gold rush most of those people that got rich on gold died of fucking died of lung cancer
0: but guess what man (laughs) they died of lung cancer rich as shit
2: rich (laughs) as shit
0: you know oh man
2: (laughs) We'll be right back with more Damon Rucci. You're listening to Live from the Dining Room. On that note, we're going to move on over to some uh, books off the old Daily Grooming compilation. This is GMO for NWO.
5: This pen become a knife When did my mouth become a gun Aiming to kill And since when did I Start dressing Unstrictly to thrill When did I Become this thief Or amongst the sheep Shake their hoofs And gain their trust A dormancy once I have had enough. Did this pen become a knife, so keen on stabbing backs? Oh, you can catch me if you can go ahead and send the dogs, But I am sly, I'm slipping, slide right past your tripwires and those traps When did my habitat change? Oh, it feels so deranged with me thinking my teeth into you Cender in our prime, but there are all and run past some. no, no.
2: And we're back live from dining room you just heard Phelan Tupic with Volpine off of his live from dining room in studio performance from 2000 and friggin a long time ago um wow yeah that was, that was an old one back before, in the day before that was books with GMO for the v 3 off the Daily Grooming there's a bunch of versions of that one it's a great song um that's all we played during that break I'm here with Damian Rucci I'm back uh, we are um we're going places. We're all going somewhere. I think. I think so. This is the portion of the show where we say really, really vague things, <laughs> uh, followed by brief moments of silence.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, can I? Uh, I was talking about this poem before. Can I? Can I re- read this poem? Sure. Cool. Uh, this poem is called "Everyone's a Moderate Except When They're Not." I don't think we go to the grave divided or left. Or, right, or anything but dead, just dead, spirited away somewhere deep in the cosmos. But the newsman says, Watch out for the liberals, the conservatives, all the liberals being liberals, all the conservatives conserving lefty, commies, socialists, anarchists, feminists, black lives matter, thugs, right wing, fascist, hillbilly, cousin fucking racist, Klansmen, all right, neo Nazi, deplorables. But I've worked with liberals who marched the streets with signs protesting for the unheard after Sunday mass and I've smoked joints With old conservatives from New York who voted Trump and have photos of Giuliani on their desks next to their Mexican wives. I sat at the bar with Republicans and Democrats and anarchists who laughed at the same jokes and cheered for the big blue of the Monday night football game. The night was holy and wholesome and we never talked politics. We just sank further into our stools. I wonder, are there protests outside the gates of heaven? all them sinners who voted wrong, banging on the gates, all them lefties, all them righties, all them dead people have to go somewhere, and that somewhere is probably all the same. Boom. When you were talking before about going somewhere, I was like, man, I got to read that poem now.
2: (laughs) That's a good one. I like, you know, because that's the thing. It's like uh, uh, somebody who actually shapes my thought a lot, and I mentioned him earlier, uh, Hardy White, I just... I just agree with a lot of what he says, and it's—I feel like it's stuff that I've thought and could never say, just because you know I didn't—it's just thoughts,
0: you know. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: They're not stuff you share, and then to hear somebody say them, you know, kind of gives—kind of gives me this freedom. I feel to say it.
0: I think that's that—that's <laughs> that's, you know that thing to me. I think that's the goal of art itself, right? Right. Um, more in tune of, I guess, uh, in modern times, music, poetry, things like that, where the point is, or even podcasting, where the point is when people say something that is uh, taboo or it's just maybe it's not it's something that's been brought into the public consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you hear that, you're like, oh my God. I feel validated, you know, like, that's how I feel, which is why, you know, we see these political movements going on now, which are, you know, I'm a supporter of, not a supporter of violence, but I'm a supporter of a lot of these things, like Black Lives Matter and things like that, and you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> they're saying it now, so many people are coming out, like, hey, this is my experience with police brutality, this is my experience with racism, and, uh, you know, and even on the most minuscule thing, you know, um, you go somewhere, or you read a book, you find a book, and you read it, you're like, whoa, this guy just said in eight lines what I've been battling with in my mind for the last six years but now I kind of grasp it a little bit more yeah. because somebody said it first or, right. or at least uh somebody gave me that liberty to, to speak of that you know
2: yeah and it's it's when people say stuff that, <clears throat> that you agree with on like a uh, I don't know what word I can use I'm just like a, a an inner level, like inner mind. like just something you you feel like you've always felt. Um, uh, Shit, what was I going to say? Hardy White, he he was was talking a lot about the same type of deal, and uh, I'm referring to your poem you just read, uh, where people aren't, people that seem so different um, through whatever type of media we're watching them at, or or, or from far away, from across the street. Um, You know, you mentioned you, you smoke joints with with a guy, <coughs> who's the to- you pretty much named the, the total opposite of your of your political, uh, psychological and cultural like um, yeah your agenda you're the things that you stand behind that person was pretty much the opposite but you still you, but on a personal level yeah. it's like it's almost like Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay the, the Bay the scene where they're smoking with George Bush you know yeah. what I mean and I love how George Bush actually turned like in the public eye turned into he's like responsible for some of the the, the worst stuff that's ever he happened like, that, that's ever. a great idea <laughs> and now and now he just paints like little dogs little ducks and little creepy pictures photos of him and of him looking at himself in a mirror in a shower to me
0: that's so humanizing too it's kind of interesting because like during when George Bush was president You know, I was very young but you know growing up in this post nine eleven world I grew up with this huge disdain for George Bush which I still possess but when after the presidency you're like oh wait this, I forgot this dude's a person. Yeah, you know, and it's you know, as a um, you know, me kind of puppet at that. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're all puppets. Read you know? the fucking script, George. <laughs> <laughs> like, like nowadays, they don't even have a script. So they're like, oh shit, yeah. he's on Twitter again. Yo. Uh, oh, World boy. War Three can happen in 160 characters, my friend. Oh my god! <laughs> Break out the flute. We're all going, but um, <laughs> it's you,
2: weird. It's weird the vibrations back t- the, t- to center. Oh. Uh,
0: I went to a poetry reading once, okay, in New York City. It was at the Flatiron Lounge, okay. I've heard of that place? And uh, it was in the basement, and it was a weird thing because I—it wasn't my show. I was just—I was booked for the show, and then the person who was the host got too too drunk. Yeah. So I got thrown into hosting responsibility because my first two years out, I just kept uh, hosting everything I could just to get the stage time, just to yeah. get used to it. And uh, <laughs> this guy's like, this guy shows up in the suit, and and he's like, you know, I'm your sound guy. I'm like. You're a what? You know, sound guy. You know, and uh, this one, <laughs> this one dude got on there with a fucking. Uh, You're like, I brought a Dixie cup and poked <laughs> a hole in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we're, we're not doing that. Like, this guy showed up with a a bass guitar. Okay, and he wasn't even on the bill, right? He it was it was an acoustic bass. That's cool. And he was on the bill, and uh, the host, who the original host, who was now falling through glass tables, um, good, good. said, "Hey, you got to put him on and give him like." Twenty minutes, and I was like, "Hey, whatever, you know." And the guy was—I thought the guy was fantastic, but he kept doing this thing. and He's like, "Just feel the vibe," and he just going. Like it was like this, like just this, like the most white, corn-fed dude yeah. in the time. But like when he took touch the bass, he was Why like a dude. He was like a he was like a blues dude from the 40, you know. But yeah. the problem was that he would just say like, "Do you feel the vibe?" and then just go into like a yeah. ten-minute bass thing. So the whole audience was like. They were having a terrible time. Me, it's the best, it's you know. Best. I was on an edible, so I was just sitting there smiling. You know, I was like, "I'm with, I'm with the vibe, man. I'm with the vibe, with the vibe." I'm seeing Martians in the back I'm like yeah
2: yeah I mean this guy probably just got back from Colorado for like you know really feeling the vibe yeah, e- yeah, yeah, letting yeah. everybody feel the vibe <laughs> everybody at his shows are, are just like before he's even done saying do you feel the vibe they're already just going yeah 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 we've been feeling the vibe I'm
0: supposed to be going out there man I think next year I'm working with uh, it's with rhetorical it's just a rhetorical no question. no, no it's, are you feeling the vibe course yeah. you are going over to Denver I think we're going to Fort Collins and then maybe do something in Denver uh you know, God knows what happen. You might not hear from me again if I go out there. You mean like, because uh, the edible game's strong out there. I heard, and uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the edibles. Well, well, why not? Yeah, Why not? You know, sometimes you know, you know Oscar Wilde was a, was like a, you know a, a terrible degenerate. However, he did say everything in moderation, mm-hmm. including moderation. You know, <laughs> every now and then it's okay to fly close to the sun. You know? Like, you know, don't think me, you know, don't do anything stupid and say, I heard this fat guy on the radio say, uh, <laughs> I-, I could do that.
2: My, my girlfriend said something similar. Uh, she gave me a, a bag of, for my birthday, she gave me a, a brown paper bag of prizes. She calls them prizes okay. instead of gifts or whatever, presents. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a bottle of vitamins okay. and a pack of cigarettes. Okay, she, she had she had something very similar to say uh, about balance and moderation.
0: And Hell yeah, stuff. man! It, it, it's all about that, you know. Like, um, of course, right now we're going through this terrible uh, opioid crisis around here, you know, where everyone's dying of fentanyl and all that stuff, and you know it's yep. terrible. And I, I have a lot of friends who passed left and right, man, left and right. But you know, on that same note, I've also known dudes who uh, one time I was at my friend's house and we're just hanging out. His dad came upstairs and handed us some beers like, "We're celebrating tonight." Like what he he's like oh he just kicked heroin we're like how long is it like, oh I was on for 20 years and we're like this is like a hard work he and salt just, to the earth he just kicked it yeah he was like yeah. hey, it's not for me anymore you don't see the functioning heroin addicts anymore <laughs> no no you know you don't see them no more you don't, just... them. <laughs> you don't see I think them you don't see them you know I think there's like a cabal of functioning heroin addicts just running this government you know like no yeah no
2: well that's what that's exactly what's happening well more like coke cocaine I you
0: know like George George Bush rocking out lines with the oval yeah, Desk. yeah just some type know? of
2: some type of <laughs> Fucking weird, super modified... Scopalamine. Scopalamine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, man, I'm bringing,
0: I'm bringing out the six syllables.
2: So I got to hit him with the Benny for that one. Wait, I got to hit him with the Benny. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Scopalamine. Today's episode of Life from Dining was brought to you apart by Scopalamine. Don't leave your cubicle without it.
0: The worst part about this country... One bad things is they don't even need sco- scopes, I mean, no. You know, to get people to do what they want, they literally just put in the news. You know, and that's all it is. Yeah, once, well, it, once it hits the news, you got a thousand, of your friends sharing it on Facebook.
2: My problem is people don't believe. All right, the same people that say the uh, the three the blind, the deaf, and the the mute monkeys, you know, are little emojis that the kids see now, but that that meant something. Eyes, ears, and mouth covered up. You know, like that's that's the three major news networks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, pretty oh. much in a nutshell. And the same people that. Agree with that—that that everything on the news is bullshit and it's just entertainment or whatever. They go through this amnesia period, like every couple months, where shit gets too real and they realize it, and then they go, "No, back, back to the, back to this game." And, so and they're the same ones that won't believe anything unless course. one of the major news networks says it.
0: Well, by three major news networks, you mean Fox, CNN, and Infowars.com? Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have the documents. Uh, you know what Al-Zero. it is? I think what it is is. Uh, cognitive dissonance okay yeah. a lot of the fact because if if you're a hard-working dude you're doing 50 hours a week you're coming home in a shitty apartment uh, it doesn't matter if there's a, a, a cabal running the government it doesn't matter if there's a coup d'etat that happened behind closed lines what does that matter to you when you can't even pay your rent right. okay and also there's also uh, of course there's this middle-class white America who is functioning very very well they're having a great time and they don't want to even acknowledge that there's a fundamental issue going on behind the scenes because that will threaten their their reality of uh, having a minivan, driving the kids to soccer, coming home, everything's beautiful, we'll never go to war again, Uh, all these different things, you know? And give a man a fish. Yeah. Right?
2: Just you know, give a man a fish every day and they'll, they'll keep coming back for the fish. Give a man some documents. <laughs> uh, if you give a man a document, he'll read it in one night. If I tell man he's got to write documents, he'll write him for the rest. The, of frogs the frogs are going
0: gay. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> my uh, girlfriend, our, pretty much our relationship is just punctuated mm-hmm. with Alex Jones memes. Of course. Yeah, you know I mean, um, it's weird, man. The society we're in now is like, I don't know, I feel like there's a huge generational rift, okay? The problem is, is that, you know, there's all these kids. Who are, you know, the, a lot of the guys and girls, the most focal point of this, uh, people were are rebelling, these people call, you know, these are like rich kids, right? Which, you know, being rich is not a bad thing at all. If you grew up in a more privileged way, that, that's fantastic. Good for you. I'm happy for you. But the problem is that these same people who are saying like, oh, the struggle, the struggle. You know, uh, who was that? I think it was hardtimes.net. You're dot- talking about like trust fund kids? Yeah, like hardtimes.net. I'm oh, like yeah, Saturday, I love them. They put an article like a uh, crust punk teen uh, goes from hopping trains to spending the weekend at, at his uh, parents' lake house. Right. You know, like it's funny. I just think that a lot of people are in this space now where we have realized that with technology, we don't need to be ourselves on the internet, right? We can come up. We don't have to be now. If you don't have to be yourself on the internet, you don't have to be yourself at all. Mm-hmm. Because if you meet me from the internet and uh, on the internet. I am a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And then you encounter me. I don't have to be myself. I could be that character. You know, and I had a problem with that because, um, like, two years ago, I got hit by a car. Okay? Uh, I was going my, to work on a bicycle. I was a butcher, and this woman smacked me with a car. And uh, I lost everything I had. I lost my basement, my shitty basement apartment, all my shitty things. And had to, you know, it was, it was a terrible time. But um, during that time, I was bored just laying around and I decided to start doing this thing I used to do to amuse the guys at work where I'd just be like, you know what pisses me off, cocksuckers? And i go on this whole, uh, I'd rant about a topic. Okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what happened was that I was uh, bored sitting at home with nothing but a laptop. I started doing these recordings on, on uh, Facebook videos, and uh, I did a couple. And people were like, "Aha, that's funny." I did one about people sharing this article about uh, giants being discovered in South America. Yeah. I'm like, "If they found giants in South America, you would know." You <laughs> mean like you would know? It wouldn't be some like random website. Like you would know. But I ended up doing one about uh, rednecks in New Jersey. Ooh. Okay, those are the best. And I got like literally like I got about five hundred thousand views in the video. Like 600 shares that blew up I got so much hate mail mm-hmm. you know but the re- the problem was that I kept doing this character you know where it was me but it was uh, a very where all the hate mails ended with hashtag afflicted no it was more like hashtag go fuck yourself fatty <laughs> you know every, every, every but um you know I had this you know I'm a big guy uh, I, I could be a little bit wild, but when I would do these videos I would just amp it up. Every yeah. other word was fuck this, fuck that. I was screaming, going nuts. So out there. the issue came is that when I kind of distanced myself from that, I started going to poetry readings. When people would see me, and don't be wrong, I'm pretty wild at a poetry reading, but people would see me thinking that I'm this guy, this ignorant uh, guy who just doesn't know anything, just seeing all these things. And I'm like, oh no, that's not really me, bro. You right. know, I was, I was doing a video thing, but it would be so much easier for me just to rock that avatar. Right. You know, like. But that's a problem, and that's what we're seeing now across the board, even in politics. You know, you got all these people who instead of say, saying like, "Hey, I'm a person," right. they're like, "No, no, we're not a person. No, no, I'm a Democrat. The only, the you know, o- I'm a Republican."
2: The only political and religious infrastructure, because they're all together. Yeah. Um, the only religious and political infrastructure, I feel right now, that is very, very transparent as far as what you see. As far as what you see. Yeah. Um, the most transparent and most dangerous one. I, which, I th- which hasn't had a lot of buzz lately, but Scientology. Uh-huh. They are exactly who they say they are. They do exactly what they say they're going to do, and they divert blame exactly how you can do it to legally divert blame and stay out of s- scenarios. The
0: fact <laughs> of the matter that these people are involved in this group, and, you know, it's become a lot of... Now, let's not get it twisted. A lot of Scientology... The guy's
2: name's Ron! Everybody's <laughs> going to get new shoes! A big plane's going to come get you!
0: It's pretty much... It's a, a video stuff. Cl- it's stubborn. a club. <laughs> it's a club for rich people to get uh, power and to get these different things. But don't we're all. But it's
2: obviously that.
0: This guy, L. Ron Hubbard, literally wrote more fiction mm-hmm. than anyone ever. Okay? Except for the people who wrote the Bible. Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, but like um, Seven million words. I some think. crazy thing. And uh, he even created this ship, which they, uh, they glorify now, you know, like. Him being on the ocean mm-hmm. because he was on this uh, this uh, missionary thing. Right. No, he wasn't. He was taking the ship because he couldn't land anywhere. His uh, the IRS was after him, and he owned like internationally. He was wanted yeah. for all these different scandals, mm-hmm. and the fact that this is known now, known, and these people are still part of Scientology. I think that reveals a lot about these cult like behaviors we see in politics, right. and we see like check us out. What's happening now is that
2: people are being promised immortality.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, it's tribalness. We have this return to tribalism, right? right. We kind of lost the nationalism thing for a while, and it's back. And it's not just nationalism, because now it's, uh, you know, nobody's an American no more, right? But everyone is a, I'm a Democrat. Oh, well, I'm a Republican. Okay, well, why are you voting for Democrat or Republican? Well, my mom and dad did. Like, okay. But have you, like, looked at what this person's, like, what their platform is? We had a game, we were walking around, we were just, like, tell people different things. Like, when people were, like, yeah, I'm voting for Trump or whatever, I'd be like, hey, man, I just started reading off different things. Like, do you believe in all the stuff he's doing? And it was all Hillary Clinton stuff. I'm, I hate Hillary Clinton. Oh, I just passion. mess with people
2: just to see how. Yeah, just
0: to see. And everyone was like, yeah, I absolutely blindly. love it. And it just kind of shows the kind of world we're in now where we're still not adjusted to the internet. And the internet was a completely uh, world-changing technology. You know, for good and bad.
2: I think um, it's been
0: co-opted a lot, but it's still free.
2: I post a lot of stuff online, especially like when it comes to monitors and things that are electronic and hit you with frequencies. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can look up. You can look like on the government websites and whatever, and go to the patents. hard And, and uh, you can actually check out exactly what monitors do to you and what they're designed to do, and it's in there. It's my, as uh, a purpose, like my monitors. Like monitors, like screens, oh oh, uh, screens, phones, you know, different forms of RF.
0: Well, dude, it's like getting, it's like looking at the sun. You're being
2: reprogrammed. Uh, People don't understand that on a on a a subatomic level, we're we're just elect, we're just electric. That's in states of opposition of motion. Like that's all we are, and we're we're just here eating foods and things with sugar. When you say the word sugar, or you say the word um, blood, or you say like something like that, or protein, you're saying something like the word air. Or water, or or fluoride, which is which is sugar
0: is the most destructive substance that ever being introduced to the Western world.
2: But it's also it's also not just like salt. Salt will kill you, but you you have salt. It, your salt is your oil. You need salt. Edge, you the know?
0: Romans were paid in salt, <laughs> right? The soldiers, you know. There's still salt out there that uh,
2: is is um, worth more than pink like gold. Himalayan baby. Yeah, pink Himalayan. Well, it's not
0: worth more than gold, but they you have- know, um, you got to think about this, right? To me, you know. Everything's good and bad, right? Everything comes good and bad, you know. I don't even think any drug is necessarily bad. I think that uh, you do too much. Certain drugs are more appealing than others. Um, But the idea is that, you know, the problem is that we don't have this idea anymore of self-responsibility, Right. That kind of, which with me. Which only know, shoots
2: ourselves in the foot.
0: Of course. Well, at right. the end of the day, right? Like me, I, I'm a big fat guy. Why am I a big fat guy? Well, obviously, it's because I literally, now let's co, let's say what it is. I have a sugar addiction, right? right? It's not a disease. I just, to me, sugar affects me in a certain way. I love sugar. I overeat sugar and I am this big. Now, I'm not preaching body positivity. I don't think that society should cater to me. Mm-hmm. Don't be wrong. You shouldn't persecute people, it's not nice. It's, it's, it's not it's not polite okay. however you know to me i think the self-responsibility like hey i'm a big dude i got myself in this situation from the way i did it i need to get myself out of the situation you know i don't think society should necessarily cater to me but you know of course there's different things here there's people who need that catering people who are not of the sound mind to do that for themselves but the big problem is with all these different things is that like you know you are the master of your own destiny and and some people aren't you know there's you know terrible things that happened people were forced you know the indigenous populations here right. There was not of there course. there were no you know uh, you know the people who were brought here as slaves you know forced, terrible right. they had no you know they were literally forced into a system of uh, even now there's systematic things that are going things that are going on.
2: it's out. so blown out of proportion it's just totally ridiculous but at the end of it's the, like a comic book
0: it's ridiculous but for the people who are not tied to those necessarily systems the idea of uh self-responsibility is a thing that I feel is no longer praised anymore. Right. You know, um, it, it just blows me away, man. You know, I think there's so many beautiful things going on right now, but I also think I have the same notion. There's so many different things that are just going off the rails. And we don't know what it's going to be in 20 years. No. You know? It's,
2: it's, well, I mean, people. there's people that are sitting somewhere right now talking about where the whole world's going to be in 20 years. Of course. So think about that. And I think and I think you should as an artist or anybody out there who feels strongly about something that maybe they've been taking for granted, take a deep look at it and it's fine that if it's important to you and maybe get off the fence a little bit on one side and push back because that fence is just going to keep moving toward you. It's going to yeah. take over your personal space and by the time it gets there, you got no control over it.
0: Of course. Well, you know, that's why, you know, with the FCC and all these different things going on, where now it's, they're still pushing that whole idea of being able to limit the speed of websites, you know, and you know the problem is that is that what's going to happen now is, you know, it's not a paranoid thought. you know I hate to say, it, the gun nuts, you know and I am, a, I am a proponent, even though I'm a very liberal man, I'm a proponent of firearms. Um, the reason why those people are paranoid is because in the past, there has been times. Not even, not even out of this century. Yeah.
2: I don't own a gun, or do I shoot a gun? But, but if if you take away the right for people to own the gun, that's it. It's over. You're done. Well,
0: look what the British it's did. done. The, <laughs> in 1775, the British went to Lexington and Concord and tried to take the go to the gun armories. Yeah, people don't you realize know?
2: what happens. It, it's that's the thing, as you said before, the post post 911 world, everything changed. Everything changed. Everything. And now everything's changed again so much. You the know, with Web 2.0. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's
0: yeah, I think great, it's great. Though. Well. You know, (laughs) it's rock and roll, man. You know, like I don't know where it's gonna go. We're on this train, bro. We've been warned. You know, we've all
2: been warned. I think we have
0: to figure out where we're going, and hopefully, with artists, you know, there's a lot of artists out there who have power because they have a platform, and hopefully, they could start, you know, giving in, giving more rebellion, you know. Getting off the fence and uh, using their voice for good and not right. just for self promotion. On a
2: personal level, to change people personally, uh, you know, not necessarily to to see the change in your lifetime, but to, to instill something that you think the future might need. You yeah. Know, like like maybe more guys playing um, solo flute? sets of bass. Yeah, and, or and
0: more and dudes rocking a flute. during a poetry flute reading. If you
2: don't have one,
0: hashtag flutes, reach baby. Under
2: your bed and then. You know. And, uh and just, and most importantly, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, you're listening to Live from the Dining Room. I'm here with Damian Rucci. We are about to close it out pretty soon. Uh, just a quick recap. This Friday at the Scarlet Pub in New Brunswick, New Jersey, Poetry Palooza, Volume 4, Caroline Romanelli Presents. Um, you check out Damian and a few other artists and musicians yeah. and other, other people doing their thing, doing what makes them happy. And that's good enough for me, man, because when you say America and you say, about, like, as much as we can bitch about anything, on a Friday or Saturday or a Wednesday, if I want to fucking go find some good music and have a cold beer, can them, I can man. still do that. And call that, you know, I might yell at somebody for having a fucking fantasy baseball team and going, oh, you stupid, you're a drone, you're just stuck. And I'm like, ah, I have music and art. What's what? so different about that? There's nothing. Nothing. There's so nothing. We all have our idols. My idols just happen to be the people every day that I see fucking tripping over their shoelaces. So, yeah. Um, I mean, shit. What else do we got here? Um... Poetry in the port. That's a great thing, man. Thank you. You got a Thank book you. right here?
0: Yeah, The Former Lives of Saints, man, with Esno Martine. Can I read a poem to close this out? Is sure. cool sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read a poem about this guy named Victor Smith. He's from Kansas City. He was a poet who uh, died unknown outside of a relatively small area. And he's actually fantastic. And uh, I wrote this poem for him. <clears throat> this poem is called, I never met him, but um, they actually, uh, Spartan Press put out a book by him called Burning Down Oz from the Inside. I collected a lot of his poems and the guy was a mastermind and a, a wizard. His poems <laughs> for him. Is the next stop of Chicago or heaven? On the corner of West 39th and Bell, below the amber street light by the bookstore, I see you, Victor Smith, reading beneath the moon. We walk down Roanoke Road as you read me your poems, and I've never heard your voice, but tonight it is made of silk and bourbon. Victor Smith why have you come back here? Why are you a vision in this late night stupor? Where does the Midwest wind blow to Chicago or to heaven? How many street poets know the devil by name? I know you've never claimed to be a teacher, but tonight your words are gospel. Victor can dog faced saints, know serenity. How many junkies have sold their last stanza for a glimpse at the sun? How many vagabonds have hopped trains through cow towns and become preachers under their bridges? How many cold, lonely nights make a profit? And why do they always die alone?
2: Damien, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me, brother, Deep man. It's great being here. Bridget, um, I'm just going to say open door policy, everyone to come on back. Yeah, and catch out Thank check you. out what I'm we do here, check out what we do every uh, monday night in left from dining room you can hear this episode and all of our past episodes at diningroomradio.net you can find them on stitcher podbean uh something something android ios or whatever yeah. jay usually says that part i'm joe galupo today's guest was damian rucci and uh check them out facebook all those places uh scarlet pub on friday oh man this is a man i'm gonna close it out with subtitles they're really they're uh recording some music now i'm very very excited and uh Dude, thank you so much. Thank brother. you,
0: man. Woo! Parabéns, brother. <laughs> that was a good fucking podcast.
4: Darling. God laid me in a manger God made me the same And I suddenly become revealing Alas, I'm just a bastard son God laid me in a manger But I ain't no fucking chosen one I wander east like a stranger Send me off to find my own. I want to race like a stranger. Send me off with seeds to sow. And I sow from the dust till the morning. last, I'm still the sign God laid me.
3: This has been a Dining Room Radio Radio production. Production.